Up next, on Episode 85 of Stack Overflow, Joel and Jeff discuss the pursuit of venture capital, why Joel is ending his blog, and the hidden power of Google's Web Spider, from IT Conversations. Hi, this is Phil Windley. Today I'm excited to bring you another great program from Stack Overflow with Joel Spolsky and Jeff Atwood here on IT Conversations. The Conversations Network is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we need your help. For a tax-deductible donation of as little as $5 per month, you can support this channel and the rest of the Conversations Network. So please visit conversationsnetwork.org to become a member and help us continue to bring our programs to the world for free. Our audio files are delivered by Limelight Networks, the high-performance content delivery network for digital media. And now, here's Stack Overflow. <laughs> Guess what I just spent uh, three hours doing? What's that? Putting together my whole configuration again, the whole podcast oh. setup here. Because last right. week we had the kids in from uh, the Stack Exchange, and, uh, and so I set it up for like four mics instead of you know this whole Skype business. Mm-hmm. Anyway, in, in, in reconfiguring it, I've taken everything apart, and I now have, for some inexplicable reason, three extra patch cables, which I used to be using, and now seem to serve no purpose. I don't understand it. Anyway. You've, you've set some cables free, Joel. That's the mystery. I have, I have somehow... It's like when you optimize code, you rewrite it all, and you're like, wait a minute, there's like four variables there I don't even need. Exactly. So we got. It's been. It feels like it's been years since it, we did a podcast. It, it has been a while. You were in the the the, the New Zealand. Um, what's it called? The anti yeah. anti, anti pots, what, What's the name of that place? Down under. You were down. down well, <laughs> down under. Down under. Um, and uh, and then I was on the road, and I visited you in California, but I was pretty busy, so we didn't have time to do a podcast then. That's right. And this is going to suck because I can't really talk about anything that we're in the middle of doing. This is this is why I hate uh, the the, pu- the public private life thing. It's like we are sort of in the middle of a whole bunch of uh, interesting beep with a beep and a beep who's going to beep. Yeah, you can beep. And I just well, can't I put anything on the podcast. All right. I'm well, also, hit, it involves yeah. money, which sometimes you can't yeah, talk, about talk about that about. stuff. Well, it's like ongoing to. negotiations. You don't want any of the parties to be able to find out where you are in the negotiations because it can make the negotiations change, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to hit pause for, for our audience and, and tell Jeff what's going on. And we'll be back in a second. And, and I'm gonna, maybe I'll queue in here at about 1.59 and we'll queue in some music. It's pretty fast. So can we talk about yeah. one thing I would like to talk about, but I'm not sure if we can put on the podcast or not, is like what, what you would do if you had N million dollars. <laughs> Whoa! Okay, first I mean, of all, I'm getting a helicopter because those trips to the Hamptons, let me tell you, <laughs> Long Island Railroad, not a right. pretty sight. You can never quite fit your knapsack into the overhead bin because they've got those two double-decker trains, two stories. And the way they do that is by having very low ceilings. And so there's like an overhead bin that can barely hold an attache case. And if you've got a whole weekend bag, it just doesn't work. So we need a helicopter. Oh, that totally makes sense. We need but you know that. what was frustrating to me was that when when you wrote that blog article, which I didn't know was coming, but I was totally fine with. I mean, I think I, actually it was good to talk about that in public, which brings me back to why it's actually useful to talk about things in public. But I was surprised that so many people were just not able to figure out any way yeah. that we could possibly use money. money. Yeah. That really surprised me. That was very unimaginative, well, I must say. <laughs> Bad people. You know what? what's really interesting, actually, is, is that um, I was – literally measuring the, the smartness of all the VCs that I was meeting based on whether they had pretty much figured it out in advance or whether mm-hmm. they had to have it had, it had it shown to them. And unfortunately, on this podcast, we're not going to be able to tell you exactly uh, the, 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 the gist of the idea, really, um, because that's something we're going to build. And, and that thing that we're going to build, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, there were a couple of things that we were kind of secretive about in the early days of this very Stack Overflow podcast. Um, to our listeners, I was just speaking to Jeff offline about 
whether we named the first episodes of this podcast Stack Overflow podcast, if we even had the name Stack Overflow in those days, I just can't remember. But um, but I do specifically remember that you know uh, the the we di- we didn't really talk about what Stack Overflow was going to be for quite a while until. Uh, until we were closer to launching beta, and then we we sort of revealed some of the stuff. And I think um, this is going to be another one of those instances where we can talk in vague general terms. Uh, and uh, you know, obviously, we're not gonna. It's not going to be like a intergalactic passenger service that provides you know high speed travel to Andromeda. That is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But. Um, uh, well, I was working know. on that, so yeah. I guess I'll stop. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't don't spend any time on it. Get 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 on the API. API is more important. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, uh, what, what what can we say? I guess if if we do, we haven't gotten to the point of actually raising uh, millions of dollars. Um, but often the reason that you do it is because there's something that you want to build, and you want it to be big before you try to make money from it. Because the way that it makes money only works if it's big. That's a, this is just like talking in riddles. Do we really have to be this secretive about it? I mean, to me, there's uh, a, no. Well, we can we can talk about it as soon as we've got uh, you know as soon as we're done with this process. As soon as the deal is yeah. closed, yeah, it's, it might it be should be weeks. really soon. Yeah, actually, you know what? Now that I'm thinking, should we just like do this podcast after? We <laughs> I know this is a hor- this is a horrifying. That's podcast. what we should really do. Honestly, so far. we should just like do this Friday or something or Thursday, whatever. I mean, it's not going to be really. done. This deal is not going to be done by Friday. We, we might have agreement by Friday. Hmm. Okay, so it would be too long, I guess. Then yeah, let's just let's just let's just soldier on. Let's just soldier on because there's others. There's stuff we can talk about. It's just hard to figure out this week what we can say and what we can't say. Um, what, what what we can say is that uh, I was talking well, to we, a. Well, uh, well, let's go back to our core mission, right? What was yeah. what is our core mission? I don't know. I think to drum up drum up uh, uh, an audience for the un- yet unlaunched programmer Q and A website. <laughs> Well, we've said this multiple times. We can just keep saying this because we've yeah. gone on record with this before. Is that I mean, at least my goal, and I think. Oh, you know, yeah. Go ahead. You know, Let me is, tell is you to, to, to the audience before you say this. Jeff Atwood is the best person you can ever have, and I'm not saying this because I like him because I don't. He's the best person you can ever have pitching your startup to VCs. They, oh, really? Yes. They the oh, way good. that Jeff talks about shit. The kind of VCs that we want, the kinds with a big vision who believe in the big picture and don't really care too much about financials. <laughs> Listening to Jeff, uh, you, uh, um, uh, they just they just they drop their pants. Basically, is what happens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's quite a mental. <laughs> yeah. So if you have a startup, I cannot recommend anybody better to get pretending to be the CTO or the co-founder or whatever of your startup. And Jeff Howard. Okay, go ahead, Jeff. Well, that's okay. a very nice compliment. Thank you, Joel. I'm guys. glad that worked. Tighten, but but I really do believe level. this, and we've said this before, is that I, I, I love internet community. I love these really deep technical communities around you know whatever topic it is, whether it's kites, whether it's computers, whether it's Harley programming. Davidson belt buckles. Yeah, anything. It's yeah. just I love that we're connecting these people who are passionate about a topic with each other. And what I hate about the internet is that so many of these communities are trapped behind this really terrible, terrible software uh, this V bulletin PHPV stuff, where right. it's just it's so hard to get. You, they have so it's much knowledge. Discussion frozen in time. It's almost like those IRC logs that you see people posting, right? Because and they had a funny listen, IRC conversation. Yeah, and people who listen to the podcast, this is not news to you. I mean, you've heard oh. me say this in various forms many, many times. But what it, what is new is to think about. Okay, well, say you had a lot of money all of a sudden to build a business, and that was your goal. Yeah, your goal was to kill. Or at least make people realize name. that there is, in fact, something better than yeah. VBolton and PHP and for actually building community. VBolton and PHP, those things are basically listservs, right? Except the listservs went through email, so that's even worse. They're basically Usenet. This is net news software converted to the web, but the same basic idea where you hit reply and you quote the person above you and you put little greater thans in front of the quote and you have this disjointed, terrible conversation at which ultimately the people participating in the conversation may or may not arrive at the truth, but nobody finding this years later can, can do that either. You know, in fact, the truth is we were looking at, um, we've got these old uh, uh, discussion boards that I built, that really simple, you know, Usenet-style system uh, ages ago that was running the Jaws software discussion boards, and for a while that's how we did discussion on, on fo- for fog bugs before we put it on Stack Overflow. And... At some point, 
Michael was like, can I take this down? And I'm like, you know, I'm kind of a believer that once you put a page up on the internet, it should just stay up forever. And he's like, yeah, but the trouble is there are these pages out there that keep coming up in Google search results that are just wrong. They're just way out of date. They're like, Fogbooks doesn't do this, that, and the other thing. And that was from like 2002, and that's like the number one result in Google. So can we please just take this down and leave the Stack Exchange up where the information is, you know, at least current and can be updated constantly? Uh, and so we did. And, and actually, it didn't hurt. I mean, basically losing all this archives of people talking about wrong technical information from eight years ago um, was, uh, was, was a good thing for the world. Yeah. And I mean, this, this is, again, this is not new. But what is new is, is the strategy around, you know, say you had a lot of capital to actually execute on the strategy yeah. and actually start to become part of the fabric of the web. Yeah. So, I mean, I've already seen some people that are sort of figuring it out. Um, not that it's honestly that hard to figure out. No. Uh, but it, it's going to be exciting. I mean, I, I, I kind of wish the deal was closed so we could talk, talk about it. There's so many technical things we, that need We to are happen. moving very, 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 very fast as these things go. I talked to a lawyer today, and he was like, how long have you been doing this? And I said, two weeks. And he's like, oh, my God. And it's like scorched earth. I've never seen such a fast <laughs> process. Like, yep. Well, it's a popular yeah. deal. Um, yeah, I guess but I can say. But, and the other yeah. thing I want to reassure the community about is, and I actually saw John Skeet open a question on Meta about this. He's like, well, now that you know Stack Overflow is taking venture capital, yeah. it's like dancing I- animated ads. That's our number <laughs> one thing. There's going to be monkeys that sing like the hamster song, and they're going to dance all over the front page until you put in a quarter. Nice. Well, you know, I was a little offended, actually, that people thought that we would damage the experience. That, yeah. that really did offend me a little bit. That, they just don't I mean, trust you. It's like years and years and years of knowing you, and they still don't trust you. That's crazy. You know, I mean, where, where have we ever shown any sign that we would damage the community? I mean, that's like our – this is the reason that it's good. I mean, right. we're not going to damage the thing that makes it what it is. That's crazy. Even mm-hmm. from a logical level, it's crazy. And then on yeah. a personal level – why would I do that? I mean, there I'm not going to destroy no something that I There is no intelligent VC in the world that is going to take the only thing that is actually working about Stack Overflow and break and ruin it. it. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you're going to take this thing that's working and just ruin it. Yeah. Oh, it's like, wow. That I mean, not, give us a little bit of credit. No. Like, we're not idiots, yeah. right? I mean, or maybe we are idiots, and but we're not credit. that big of idiots. Yeah. Well, I, you know, maybe you're an idiot, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's an idiot sometimes. I mean, most of the time. <laughs> yeah, except me. Now, the VCs, <laughs> what to, to the credit of the people that are opening these questions on the meta, what they may be worried about, which is a legitimate worry. Oh, it wasn't worry. just meta. It was Reddit. It was Hacker News. All yeah. the commentary on the all article. The, all the places where the people talk. Um, right. The, the, uh, to, to, to their credit, what they may be saying is, no, no, we know that you guys aren't going to do this, but that once you take VC, you make a deal with the devil and they gain control over your company, and then they start oh, caring see. about the monetization and blah, 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 blah. And uh, so let me just say right now that, that there are – we're not – as it turns out, uh, this is a pretty popular uh, deal, and there were a lot of VCs that wanted to be in business with us, and we're going to have our choice of who to be in business with, and uh, we won't, won't choose those VCs unless we have a reason to trust them. And, and number two, given that we have a lot of choice over to who to – have deals with that means we have a lot of control over the terms of the deal, and um, we're we're not going to do a deal where we lose any control. Uh, we're not going to have to give up a majority of the board seats. Uh, we're going to give up a small share uh, of the stock, uh, and we're going to maintain uh, control over the company. And, and in fact, the deal is going to be um, every deal that's been on the table is going to be structured in such a way that it's pretty much impossible for us to lose control, even if we need additional rounds uh, of financing. Uh, in the future, unless the business literally fails, in which case there's nothing to have control over. Um, so it's kind of moot. So yes. uh, this is something that both I, I can understand why it, it may have happened. There were, I mean, I guess that's what happened to Experts Exchange, right? We don't really know the entire story behind there, but there was some kind of corporate change of control, and what had previously been a free site suddenly became a pay site. Yes, well, I, I guess we should emphasize that Joel and I will be still be very much firmly in control. I mean, there's no... Right. There's no situation where we'll give up any amount of control of the right. company of that yeah. matters. I mean, right. where we can't override and do what we think yeah. is the correct And thing. we want advice. I mean, just the very pro- process of looking for VC, we got a lot of really, really good advice from people, both people that we want to fund us and people that uh, are not uh, going to end up funding us. But, but um, you know, we got a lot of really, really good advice that we wouldn't have figured out on our own. And that's one of the reasons uh, we're doing this is to get smart people uh, involved that can, that can give us some uh, direction. A little bit because we're just directionless. 
Uh, right. And as a guy who has said negative things about VC in the past, I must say it was actually very eye-opening, one, to meet with sort of the good VCs, the ones that are doing it for the right reasons, which is that they want to build great things. And they want to help people build great things. Yeah. They don't necessarily, it's like, let me just cash out <laughs> right. and figure out how I can make the most money from this thing as possible before it explodes. Right. Uh, not those kind of VCs. Like the really good ones are really very, very smart people who have accomplished a tremendous amount in the industry. Yeah. I mean, they've done things that are, I mean, the stuff of legend in the computer industry. I mean, these are smart, smart people who have, and, and part of my friends have, they've done shit. I mean, really yeah. done stuff in the world. They're not maybe a bag of shit. They <laughs> have done shit. <laughs> exactly. That's it. We're, so we're it's all about from it, iTunes. It's, it's, it's like dating. It's like you just got to find the right person and then it, everything clicks and it, it, it really works. And they understand the mission and they get it and all that stuff. So. It's something you want to be very careful about, to be sure. And the other thing that, that came out of this that really surprised me was that Joel spent a week out here meeting with just so many people. And in that process, Joel and I were able to really think about what it is we're doing and what's important to us and really synthesize, like, we think this is a good strategy. We think this is a strategy that, that I think the community is going to really love once they're able to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a win for the community. Uh, it, it's a win for us in terms of our are my stated goal, which is to become a become part of the fabric of the web, and b kill or at least make people realize there is an alternative to v bulletin, v bulletin and PHP VB. Yeah. Um, so I I am extremely excited elk. about it, and 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 all I can do is at this point is just reassure people that I think you're going to be really excited about it too once we have all the details in place. Um, the other thing to me it unlocks is, you know, Joel, what's the main reason you started Fog Creek way back in the day? I, mean, I wanted sort of a the great core. place to work. Yes, a great place to work. And, and you, to work, you have to hire people, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is part of what we're doing. Is we're, it, it, for people who want to work on Stack Overflow or Stack Exchange, I mean, obviously slots are going to be opening up. That's true. Um, and we're trying to create a great place to work. And you can work on something that you love, you know? And I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, yeah. you know, Jared, Jeff, and, and, and now Kevin Montrose, our other new developer. I mean, this is the best job we've ever had. I can't speak for Kevin yet. That's right. <laughs> but I am sure in time he will agree that this is the best job he has ever had. Yeah. Well, he's still, so, I mean, he's still getting the beatings every, every, every week, right? <laughs> the ritualistic beatings yeah. until he gets on the same page as the rest of us. Right. Uh, but that, that's also the goal. I mean, I, I, this is one thing I greatly admired about Joel's strategy was, you know, it was about creating a really, really great place to work. Uh, and, and I think with Stack Overflow, we can absolutely do the same thing. Yay! So I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I'm, okay, I'm very, cool. very excited. And I went in, yeah. I mean, skeptical. I, it wasn't actually clear that this was the strategy for, for until very recently. So oh. this, is, this is a relatively new thing, but I am very, very excited about it. We did not plan this from the beginning. And as, as, as I mentioned on my blog post, um, there are just there are so few categories where it's appropriate to take venture capital, right? Because there's a very, very thin line between the companies that uh, um, sh- cannot be successful and can be successful even without venture capital. Mm-hmm. So that like eliminates 98% of companies. So the companies that can achieve extra success by applying money at a particular point, it's, uh, it's, just, it's a very, very unusual model. Uh, to have, and it's getting even rarer. And I think the good VCs are recognizing this, which is sort of sad for them. But you know, there's a lot of good VCs that are actually trying to use less money and build smaller, more efficient companies. Because you know, it used to be that you, you know there are certain things that you wanted to build. Um, you could only build them with uh, 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 an awful lot of, uh, of money. Like if you wanted to build a new router, you needed a lot of money to develop it. And you had to build factories, and it took you years to get to the point at which you were actually shipping your first router and you got $1 from a customer. And uh, stuff on the internet, that just doesn't really apply to anymore. I mean, we built Stack Overflow without a penny of outside money just by, um, you know, basically Jeff not, not taking a salary for a few months. Right. We just had to dig deep. Yeah. But it wasn't I think that's even... somewhat unique to the tech in the software industry. Yeah, it is very unique to software and internet and stuff like that. But given that, that, that you can do that, it's almost like, why, why take money? And so the, there's a whole class of businesses that you could build and you could get pretty profitable uh, and without any money. And we, we did that and we were in that class. Um, on the other hand, and then there's things that are just going to fail and no amount of money will help. And then there are things that, you know, but the, the number of things where you can actually get, you know, you can, there's things that you can accomplish with money that you, couldn't without 
uh, even when you are successful and you don't need the money, it's kind of a paradox, right? That the companies that don't need the money are the actually often the ones that can put it to best use. You know, they don't need the money because they are profitable as they are because their basic idea works. And the only reason they take the money is because that allows them to kind of multiply their basic idea a lot faster than if they had to wait around. And it's worth taking the money because you know that the basic idea works. Yeah. So that's I think that rare pattern. We also wanted to make a bet, a fairly large bet. Yeah. And, and the way I describe this is you, ha- you have a core that, that, that's clearly working. This is not a totally risky decision. But you want to push hard enough that you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Because to me, the point of un- d- discomfort is the point at which you're making big decisions, right. you know, that actually could make a difference in the future. Because if, if you're making decisions like, whatever, it's no big deal, I do it all the time, those aren't really the kind of strategic decisions you need to get to the next level, whatever that is. Uh, you need to do, may, be making decisions that you're a little bit nervous about. And this definitely applies, because this is, this is big, right? This is a big change. Um, but it, it's in the service of, of our common goal. I mean, I, I believe we're trying to build something that, that makes you know, everyone's life a little tiny bit better for that tiny subset of those people that we can reach. Um, we're, we're, we're giving them a better way, hopefully. Uh, and, and, and in a very selfish way. I just want more Google result pages to be Stack Overflow family yeah. pages, basically, because I feel like those give me the best information and faster. I mean, I love clicking on yeah. Stack Overflow search results, and I, I do it all the time because they're, they're usually quite good, honestly. Can we make a stack exchange where you can type questions like, where's my package? Here's my UPS tracking number. <laughs> so we will answer. Yes. <laughs> that may not be such a useful. That may be a little bit too narrow. How about, how about uh, yeah, what, what time is flight, Northwest flight 426? Well, Google already does some of yeah, that. They have their have one box. Stuff in different ways. The one box strategy works pretty well boxes. for them. That's right. Where Did they I, just inline the results. Hey, we talked about my dog on the podcast. I heard you got a new dog. I have heard a dog that from Several people. Hey, everyone. I have a um, Siberian Husky. It's a puppy. His name is Taco, and he's nine weeks old. Wow. And so it's pretty exciting at your house right now. To go potty in the special place where he's allowed to go potty, not in the other place where he is not allowed. This to go training potty. part is important. <laughs> I'm told that you have a very <laughs> short window between when yes. the dog arrives on the airplane. Have you had a dog? You've got cats. No, no. I'm, I'm, I, I like dogs. Uh, I have cats just because I'm so lazy that cats are much, much better for lazy people. Uh, but I totally love dogs. I mean, dogs are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but I have not. It's been a long, long time since I had a dog as a child. Yeah. I think we are actually, we didn't realize this, we're actually waking up at night to make sure that the potty training pr- pr- proceeds properly. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I will say that having pets, and particularly probably a dog, puppy, is, is a little bit like training wheels for a baby, although the baby is like, Two orders of bank, two harder. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yeah, that's it, it's worth it though. I mean, this training part. Yeah, the uh, pets don't support you in your old age. Where's the see? So you got to you got to continue your blog, Joel, so you can post pictures of your dog. What the heck? Yeah, you know, people are criticizing me for not already having that up on Facebook, and I don't even log on to Facebook. <laughs> I don't even know what's on. And you anymore. criticize me for not having a Facebook account. You, you don't, don't even have, use yours. You're the only person in the universe who doesn't have a Facebook account. If I log well, on there, I'll probably get all wait, kinds wait, of like, what's offer the difference? Wait, no, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. What's the difference between not having an account and having an account but never using it? What's the conceptual difference there? Um, you know, I, I sort of have like a symbolic presence on the Facebook so that people see that – well, they don't because I've turned on every single privacy option I can find. I see. I don't know. Yes. We are the only – we are the last remaining two holdouts though, you and I. I I'm, you're not a holdout. You have a Facebook account. <laughs> <laughs> but I hardly ever use it. You're right. Uh, whereas Twitter, now that's just dumb. Okay. Can't talk about that because I'm out of characters. Uh, anything new in Stack Overflow uh, land this week? You were, in, uh, you were away for a while. You were in New Zealand. Yeah, I was in New Zealand. Web stock, and, and then, then you took a camper van. Yep. And took a camper the, van around New Zealand. That was Island. really quite nice. What did you think I, of I did enjoy that. It was a bit stressful traveling with uh, a one-year-old baby. But yeah. Uh, that's, I think, normal, par for the course for that kind of situation. I think you just take it too seriously. You know, I think that the parents that are the least stressed out, eventually, they're just like, they just, they just ride with it. They let the kids do whatever the hell they want. And, you know, they give them some money to buy some food. Here, take well, some money, go to McDonald's. Henry's not really old enough to do any of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you, there's a reason you don't see people traveling with children of the stage. Uh, like, <laughs> sure, once they get to sure three or four. I did. Yeah. 
you sure, absolutely, yeah. You see tons. I of think kids you're right. There might be a gap between like like absolute baby, like 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 four weeks when you can actually travel with them. It's just like a big bundle of complication, but it's not. You know, they don't really. Move well, there is a brief window because when they're a tiny baby, they yeah. can't do anything. Yeah, you and just you feed can, them. You, and you can take them to visit crazy. their grandparents or whatever, and that's okay. Yeah, the schedule is still crazy because they tend to get up all night. Sure, but other than that, I mean, you can put them in one place and they'll stay there. They don't move. Right, exactly. <laughs> they don't. They don't run away or anything like that. Whereas, and then there's a period of three or four years where it just becomes really, really hard. Yes, and then after that, it's easier again. I mean, that's the impression I get, certainly. And my parents and told me that the secret to traveling with a four-year-old is to get a membership in one of those exclusive airport lounges kind of things, like the Continental President's Club or the American Admiral's Club or whatever they call them. Yes. Because they can run around there, and then, and then you have a couple of minutes just to get you know, blasted before the flight with free booze. And, <laughs> and the, pretty much the President's Club people have to, have to babysit. They have no choice. <laughs> you know, it's safe. It's Quiet. It's nice. Well, some people drop their children off at Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that? Because they have like a daycare thing at Ikea. It's for when you're shopping at Ikea, but I've heard stories about... Oh, people just sort of in desperation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We wouldn't do you that. Can, There's an Ikea a lot of here, services though. at Ikea. You can also get the very cheap Swedish meatballs. So you can get your, your food at Ikea. You can get your babysitting at Ikea. It's, yeah. uh, it's not, a, not a bad way to live. You know, it's interesting because uh, this dystopian future uh, was like Costco, you know, a Costco the size of like the state of Kansas. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't it be a nicer future if it was like, a, like an Ikea the size of Kansas? That was in that movie, that Mike Judge movie. What the hell is that called? Did you see Idiocracy. it? Yeah, the, Idiocracy. Idiocracy had the yeah. like mile-wide Costco where you could actually get a law degree from Costco. <laughs> I love, I love Idiocracy. They had a time I, machine. I, you could buy a time machine. That's what he was trying to do. I've probably talked about this before, too, but man, I love that movie. But it wouldn't be quite as dystopian if it was Ikea. You've got to think, because it would be reasonably well-designed. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you get your Swedish meatballs. They have daycare. It's, you know, all very European and clean. And Right. I don't know. I mean, it's you just like, interesting so you to like think. like Ikea better than Costco? Well, you know, you were complaining, so I, I'm actually buying a new laptop because my laptop is kind of getting old now. Yeah, do not get a la- Dell. Do not. Well... I've been fairly happy with the last two Dells that I had. Really? And I should also mention that I decided to give this laptop away on Meta. Oh. Uh, I had people vote on it and decide, like, wow. you know, which, who, who was most deserving. And uh, there, were, there was a clear leader. Get I'll link it in the show notes. Jeff's smelly old laptop. No, no, no. It's, it's, a, it's a nice laptop. It's, got, it's been upgraded. It's got four gigs. It's a Core 2 Duo. It's not, like, a crappy laptop. And it was a me. Dell. Really? Yeah, because the Dells, the Dells that we've had here in the office. I mean, basically, I, I I went through one generation of Dells and really regretted it, and then went straight back to ThinkPads because the. Key, Wait, what year was this though? Well, uh, yeah, uh, to date, basically, really. No, no, no. But when when was this though in time? Because they they actually have gotten better, shockingly. I mean, I guess that's possible. The, the reason the, I brought the generation up- that I got really mad at was, I guess, maybe four years ago. Yeah. No, this and is a, a fairly recent the, thing because I, mean, I literally to, every I've, part was cheap. There was a yeah. parallel port, for God's sakes. The keyboard was like literally unusable because the keys were just of such low quality that if you tried to touch type, um, the, the friggin' mouse would move all the time. Like you literally couldn't type a paragraph without the mouse with a little, its little touchpad suddenly moving to some other part of the screen. And there was even a way to turn that off. So you could it was called like turn off touchpad while typing so that the mouse doesn't jump all around and suddenly you're typing in a different place. And for some reason, that didn't always work. And... Uh, you know what? What can I say? I just like literally could not write with that thing, and that's what I do with laptops. So it was uh, it was extremely maddening. Everything was in the wrong place. The function key was where the control p- key needed to be. Some of the keys took more effort to hit. Some of the keys, if you hit them too hard, would you know double click. Everything about it was cheap. Within weeks, the hinge got so tight that you like literally you could hear it creaking when you opened it. I mean, just a combination of like shoddy, crappy, plasticky garbage from. And this was their like high end business person's you know overpriced model. Yeah, their business people stuff are not. We're not. I mean, first of all, you have to realize that in the last two years, it actually has gotten quite a bit better at Dell in terms of design. And okay. they've they've started to realize that. Look, well, all you got to do yeah. is copy Apple, dumbass. I mean, <laughs> really. <true. laughs> I mean, it's insane. It's like I, I swear I get so frustrated with the PC industry because Apple does do a fantastic job of this. First, yeah. let me give Apple their props. They really look at They've every detail. Pretty nice, of, pretty nice build quality. The keyboards yes. are not the best keyboards in the world. They're not quite IBM quality or Lenovo or ThinkPad quality uh, keyboards, but they're pretty close. 
Yes. And, and I, I believe Dell has finally woken up to this. I mean, I've written, written blog possible. entries about this. About I just don't trust them for a while. Yeah, sure. You got burned. No, I totally I understand. Did. And they've put out some really crap laptops in yeah. the past. You, the thing with those, you have to be very careful like which model you buy. And um, But what, I guess let me come back to my, my IKEA example. What I'm really looking for is the IKEA of, of the PC world. I don't really need <coughs> super fancy Mercedes. Dude, just wait till like, next week and you can spend all this VZ money on a you know, $5 million laptop. It'd be awesome. <laughs> But why? Why? But but also, laptops are kind of commodities too. They I mean, are. it's not like an statement of who I am as a person. It's just a CPU and memory and a, a hard drive, you know, running an operating system. I mean, I don't, I don't. I want it to be nice, but everything's. I mean, it's not like Apple doesn't use the exact same hardware as everybody else anyway. I mean, the design piece is Ooh, nice. We're gonna get the hate mail. Well, the design piece is nice without a doubt, and they do a good job putting it together. They have a nice operating system that they've done great work on. Yeah. Um, but to me, this stuff is the value of a PC is that it is commoditized. I mean, the further commoditized it is, the better. This is why I'm so pro netbook because I figure when P- anybody can get a laptop for ninety nine dollars, that just means more people using computers and more people with access to the internet. Oh god, I mean, and more people just... asking you for tech support when they get run into trouble trying to get the tabs <laughs> to line up in their Word at home. Yes. Oh well, sure. There's there's downsides to any technology, but my, I think my new policy is if people ask me to recommend a computer, I just make them get a Mac. It's like I am not going to tech support you if you get a Windows machine, and I feel like I'm being a little bit obnoxious there, but they they really do solve more of their own problems with a Mac. And when they have hardware problems with a Dell, they're always like, I don't want to send it back. I don't want to give it away. Whereas with an Apple, you're just like, not my problem. Take it to the Genius Bar. They will help you. I don't know how, but they do. Right. No, I I, I totally respect the Apple model. For but the, to me, it's, it's a quantization. For the, for the not, uh, yeah, for the not for the not expert user. I mean, in, in my case, I, I like literally have never been able to get a a Mac to suit my needs. Um, so I'm still a Windows 7 guy. Sure, sure. But I mean, I, I, I think there's an Ikea-ization that needs to go on here. I right. think Apple is too high up in the chain. They're, they're like the Mercedes-Benz. They're really, what's funny is that the Mac people think, oh no, they have $1,000 laptops. And I'm like, have you been to Best Buy? Best Buy is full of $300 laptops. Yeah, that's I mean, my they're point. They're called netbooks, but they're full-featured browsers, email, watching Hulu, whatever it is that you're going to do with this thing, you can do. And I think the, the whole of human history has been a, a recording of people doing amazing things with just average tools. You know, and I think to the extent that we focus on – now, not that you shouldn't have nice tools, mm-hmm. but to the extent that we focus on, oh, I've got to have a really nice pen or I can't write the next great American novel. <laughs> right. I mean, this, a, I, I really hate that. That, that really, really bothers me. Right. That is just um, you stalling from writing your great American novel because you can't think of something great to say. Now, if you're a great writer and you yeah. insist on using great tools, I totally respect that. But most people aren't, you know, and I, I think that – they tend to substitute one with the other, like the, the, the nice tool with the ability to create stuff. And we want to focus on the ability to create stuff. And by doing, you do that by getting an average big pen in the hands of as many school children as possible. That's how you accomplish that goal in the big scheme of things. Because a certain percentage of those kids will be brilliant writers. And they'll get unlocked. They'll unlock that ability. You should, so, speaking of lock, you should take this little speech you just gave me, lock it up, and put it in a lockbox for the time we need to pitch the next startup that we're going to do. <laughs> I just I really love computers. kind of the big visionary stuff that they love. Yeah, yeah. but I, I really love computers. Yeah. I mean, I really, really do. I mean, my whole life has been pretty much one giant love letter to the computer. So I don't know how people can think it's bad. I am, you know, one of the reasons I'm possible. quitting blogging is because I am going to stop using computers. I get a big mahogany desk in my office, and people will bring me <laughs> things printed on bond paper. Uh, you're going to use that carbon paper, aren't you? duplicate things no i mean my secretaries and so forth they can type into the computers or whatever it is that they want to do but i'm going to you know if they want to bring me an email instead of just telling me what was in the email they need to bring it to me because it's somehow for my eyes only they will print it out on fine bond paper you know it is a little strange to me that you you're i mean you've been doing this 10 years granted that's a long time i mean the thing has kind of run its course but i found that a lot of people it just surprised me how the criticism uh you took it so seriously. Uh, uh, you would think after 10 years, your skin would be so thick, right? Well, part of it is, um, you know, some of it is like a little bit right. It's not all right. Certainly the mean spirit in which it's delivered is not right. But I, I found this sort of surprising. I will tell you completely honestly that over 10 years, my, I, 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 I get a lot, mostly positive feedback. And I, it's, most people that bother to email me or to write something, uh, we'll write something positive, and, and that's very nice, and I, I actually uh, enjoy that very much. But um, almost no amount of it, I could get 30 nice emails and one 
like snarky hate mail from an idiot who's just wrong, who's blatantly wrong. It's obviously wrong, obviously stupid, obviously uh, mentally in, 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 incapacitated, and obviously has an agenda. Mm-hmm. And that one nasty email will get me down more than the other 30 emails have the ability to make, make up for it. And that has not uh, changed. I thought that you could, there could, would be a desensitization going on. But after about 10 years, I realized, you know, it's, it just sucks to get, like, nasty small people hating on you. It, it's just, there's just no reason to, whatever. Right. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. But and honestly, that's not that's... the actual reason why I'm um, closing down the blog. I can't remember. We've, we've, we've had this conversation already, and then we censored that and cut that out of the podcast. And then we're having it again. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I, 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 did we talk about this on the last podcast that we did before you went to New Zealand? Had I already... I can't. I can't remember. Nobody, it, nobody listens to these podcasts anyway. If you're listening until now, the, the real reason that I pretty much it, – it's not the, – the, the thing I want to quit is this idea uh, that I would write an opinion piece like an essay about something around the software development process or software or um, small companies or something that I know about. And, uh, and, and, and write that piece and edit it like crazy for three days and finally like put it out in the world and then spend the next – 12 hours, like clicking compulsively to see what people say about it. And, uh, like, I don't really like that activity anymore. And there are lots of other people besides me already doing it who are, sorry about that, who are much better than me and, uh, can, um, uh, can take over, uh, the mantle of that particular thing. And, um, uh, and, uh, what was the other part? Uh, um, and, um, you know, as, as life goes on and my, my, my job at Stack Overflow and Fog Creek becomes more and more complicated, more and more people reporting to me, I'm in more and more kinds of negotiations, it becomes harder and harder for me to write about the things that I know about without either offending somebody or people taking it personally or people thinking, is he talking about me, you know, who I'm trying to work with, you know, and that just doesn't work. And so I've noticed that, you know, it's gotten to the point where 90% of the things I want to write, I can't really write because somebody's going to feel bad about it when they maybe should. You know, or maybe they shouldn't or whatever, but there's just too many situations that, that I can't write about. And there's nothing I like less than, than this feeling of not being free to write about what I want to write about. And, um, so basically the main thing that I really want to stop doing is, is, uh, is the, uh, the actual, like the opinion article essay kind of, you know, the guru up on the mountain saying, I think here's what you should do always. And here's why. And then I'll give a little story. And then I'll tell a little joke. So that, that thing's going to stop. But um, I'm still going to do stuff. Right. No, that's yet. cool. I mean, I, I guess I was just – I wanted to that was note that I think a lot of what makes certain people uh, have the ability to become these little mini celebrities is empathy. And I think that's something that you don't really – doesn't really get whittled away. You don't really – Right. It, it's part of what makes you good at it, I think, is what makes you a little bit vulnerable to the uh, slings and arrows of fortune, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Because I've just seen this in a number of, not just you, but other sort of high-profile people that I've met, and it always surprised me. There's just a there's a real difference. You you at some point you just hit a certain size of audience that it just becomes impossible to do what you could do with a much smaller audience or within even slightly smaller audience. And you can see hints of this, uh, you know, in 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 all kinds of bloggers and all kinds of people that you know disappear from the internet for various reasons, and they're just like you know, tell with you guys, goodbye. I'm taking it all down. Like, uh, we don't really know what the story was between, behind uh, the disappearance of Why the Lucky Stiff, the guy who wrote those uh, beautiful, beautiful Ruby things, and um, at, at some point just sort of disappeared from, from public life and actually took it all down, which was, I think, a little bit rude because it was, you know, a resource that the internet had grown to depend on. Um, but well, I think they're correct. Well, right. and we've mentioned that before, and I think the thing to do there is to do the chrysalis butterfly thing where you sort of go into your chrysalis stage. You're yep. like, okay, this is, this is too much for the stage. And you emerge with something different. But, I mean, yep. you should still – I mean, you shouldn't let that energy dissipate. That's a disservice to the community, right? Yep. You should and, – and that's where, that's what I think you're planning to do, which I think is the right thing. It's like go into your chrysalis stage, figure out what the next thing is to do that makes sense, and pursue that. Yeah. Um, and, and you change. You become a different thing, right. you know? So it's not boring for you. It's not boring for your audience. I That's totally right. respect that, and I totally respect... It's going like, to be... I'm going to do mime. <laughs> <laughs> well, like cartoonists who quit at the top of their game, like the... Yeah. Uh, uh, God, there's been a few cartoonists. Bloom County. 
Yeah, Bloom County, that's what I was trying to think of. And there was an interview with him recently. And, and Calvin and Hobbes. And I actually quoted it to you yeah. because it was some of the same thought process. When it thought process that, was, uh, that was Calvin and Hobbes, actually. That was uh, – yeah. Yeah, but it was a similar process. And, and I guess that's my point is that – He did exactly 10 years as well. That's right. The, uh, what's his name? Water, Waterson? The guy who wrote Calvin and Hobbes. We don't know. We're just this is just Jeff and me talking. It's not like a show we prepared. Well, I guess I guess well, the thing you should think about in yeah. your own career is I think people still face these kind of decisions. I mean, if you're in ten years at the same job, you know, right. even if you, I mean, are you going to become CEO of the company? Right. I mean, I don't know. It's like you got to think about like what do you want to do with your life, and you know, these are big picture. These are hard decisions to make. So I totally respect. Uh, although there is some contention about the podcast we're still working on, uh, but I totally respect that decision, and I think it's the right decision. Um, and I, I think everybody eventually gets to those sort of turning points. Yep. Also, everybody and, poops. Do you want to take a listener question? Yes. <laughs> Just to get off the... Uh, oh, boy. Let's take this one. Uh, I'll see if this works. I'm kind of working on a new kind of setup. Hi, here. this is Michael from Cambridge. A couple weeks ago, Google tapped Stack Overflow as an official Q&A medium for Android developers. And congratulations for that endorsement. My question is, what if Google had done the opposite? Some developers there saw what you were doing, cloned the idea, and outgunned your development team, giving away the product without regards to revenue because, as in many cases with Google, it would vaguely drive web usage and boost the company's overall profit. Hypothetically, you're outgunned and undercut out of the blue, which has happened to other startups before, done by Google and others. Do you throw in the towel at that point, continue on as business as usual, or branch off in some new... Uh, Direction. How do you decide that new directions? Thanks, and I love the show. Yeah. Well, you know, we Google Video. Yeah. What about Google I Video? Mean, Google Video is still there. I should point that out. It's like the vestigial appendage. Oh, but they sort of got wiped out by YouTube. Is that the... Yeah. That the I example? mean, it's not like Google Video... I don't know. Google doesn't really have the power... It, I guess it's not a monopoly in the sense of the Microsoft monopoly, where they're they're the only vector to get to your destination. I mean, it, it's like a toll road; you have to go past them to get to the thing you want. Right. I mean, people saw Google Video and they saw YouTube and they picked YouTube. You know, they. It there's is nothing true, and about there's about a million Google. examples where people thought Microsoft had that same competitive advantage, uh, and they actually didn't. So people saw MSN and people saw, uh, you know, Internet Explorer and stuff, and they still went to Google and they went to. You know, and they downloaded Firefox. So um, even though Microsoft gets a lot of advantage from just sticking crap on the desktop that you have to double-click on, uh, I don't think they've ever really been able to force a deeply inferior product down people's throats. If anything, get, IE was the better product at the time that it got its market share. Oh, absolutely. Around the time of IE4, it was yeah, yeah, quite Yeah, it was, it was much nice better than what was there Netscape. Netscape. Yeah, and, and, uh, and you know... Uh, there's no need to kick opera while they're down. It's just not necessary. Um, <laughs> it's opera down. They're not down far enough as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, but um, the, uh, so, so I, think, I think people are starting to learn that these companies that apparently have the power to kill you allegedly in some way often don't really have the power to, to shove. The question is sometimes they do have a superior product or sometimes they put a lot more engineering resources into something and they finally just make it better and there's no question there must have been a million of those people that had online documents and spreadsheets and google was just good enough and easy to find and you know everybody had an account there and it was free so people just went with a google well let me go back to the original first part of the question which was it is very cool that google reached out to us and wanted to you know cultivate android community on Stack Overflow, I think that was yeah. a very appropriate relationship, and we love relationships like that because we think yeah. it's very mutually it's beneficial. It's just like win-win-win, right? It's like good for Google, it's good for our users, it's good yeah. for our site. So even though we're, you know, paying top pointing out the site, yeah, even though we're pointing out areas where Google is not necessarily competitive, that's not really a problem. I mean, you know, Microsoft. Uh, the parallels between Google and Microsoft on this front are really starting to become really disturbing. <laughs> yeah, because Microsoft plays in a lot of areas, but it doesn't mean that they're going to have any impact in those well, there areas. There used to be a belief that Microsoft would put something on the Windows desktop and that thing would win. It, it never turned out to be true, but I mean, there were lawsuits over whether they had to put an AOL link on the desktop next to the MSN link. Huge, like antitrust suits, right? This was a yeah. big deal for several years. And similarly, right now, there's, there's always going to be, is Google going to favor its own properties in the result sets in the, what is 
affectionately known in the industry as the SERP, the search engine results page. Are they going to favor their own properties if they have them? Are they going to, in what ways, if they want to support Google Finance over Yahoo Finance, when you type that stock ticker, when you type Goog into the box to find out what their stock is trading at, are they going to take you to a Google Finance site or are they going to give you sort of a fair choice of other finance sites? Or, you know, I think most people think that the Yahoo Finance site is actually a little bit better than the Google Finance site. Mm -hmm. So the correct search engine results, the, the quality search engine results, would probably be Yahoo, but I'm pretty sure I don't actually know what Google does. We can try this. It's not. To, well, I do want to point out that so. in the core area of their quote-unquote monopoly, depending mm-hmm. on how you define it, I do think that it's going to be a long, long time before another operating system has anything close to 90% market share, which I think Microsoft still has. Right. And I think Google, if anything, has an even deeper monopoly on search like the other yeah. search engines i was just ranting about this on twitter the other day because i look at our stack overflow log reports yeah. every day yeah it's it's a, a search engine it's 99.99 percent google well not just okay so that's the the traffic that's coming in yeah but if you look at it at the log file level mm-hmm. at the the spiders that are hitting you mm-hmm. it is shocking to me how little the other spiders are even spidering us compared to google mean i mean it is given up <laughs> It's, like, it's almost like they're not even trying because <laughs> I don't even have to try. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, we get hits from like Yandex.ru, which is a Russian search engine. I think they're the second biggest spider to hit us after Google. Really? Yeah. It's just like the other spiders aren't even playing the same they're game. They're trying. It's not like I, I don't, don't know if it's a... just because Google has given us some kind of special status, no, which we don't mind. Because we have, a site, out, we have that site map, right? Yeah, we have the site map. And isn't the but, site map at some like secret location that only Google can find? Well, it, it's, it's, it's in our uh, robots, or no, robots. It's, oh, robots just tells you It's a, in a commonly accepted location. It's not oh, like okay. a, a trade secret, and it's actually noted in some files that are public oh, okay, and never mind. standard. Uh, but most engines don't use it. That is true. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, you would think at this point, like, a, a spider would be sort of a, a known engineering practice, but we get all these really incompetent spiders hitting us. Yeah. That we actually have to end up banning sometimes because they're oh, so no, bad. That is actually pretty hard. It's as hard as having good quality search results. I, I, it seems very mechanical to me, though. But I mean, it's the, not the algorithms you don't know, for search. Because here's the problem, Jeff. You don't know when two pages are the same page. So, for example, let's say that you have a website that's got 1,000 pages and it's got 200 links on the front page. And every single one of those links, every time you refresh that page, in order to do all kinds of analytic tracking and stuff like that, you, the web developer, have made it so that those URLs are changing just a little bit every time to track stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the net result is that there is no canonical way to say this page is different than that page or the same as that page. And given that it is possible for you to have the same page with lots of different URLs all pointing to it, and in fact, every single time, a typical, uh, there, there are websites that every single time they give you a link to a page will give it to you slightly different because they'll put different query parameters and stuff like that. That means that it is conceivable that you could start spidering a site and go to that same page again and again and again and think that it's a different page every single time because every time you get a different URL. And so you could start hitting a page. And if you're just following every possible URL that's there, um, you could get into an infinite loop very easily. Does that make sense? It does. And, and I acknowledge there's parts of it that are very hard. But the parts I'm looking at are extremely simple. Like, do you use gzip compression for your requests? Oh, okay. I mean, this is like a bit like you not even doing basic stuff. There's major search engines that don't do that. Yeah. I mean, that's just incompetent, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay. And, like, I mean, you would figure, okay, Stack Overflow is probably, by most accounts, a top 1,000 website by now. Yeah, for sure. You would think most spiders would sort of get this and go, okay, you're in the upper Pretty echelons big. of websites. You must have good results, right? I mean, people go there for a reason. Yeah. So they would kick into some kind of high indexing mode where they're at least trying to, to pull down information from us. But the, the, I don't see any indication it's that really the other major players are yep. even doing that. Yep. So, I mean, it's almost like a chicken and egg thing because Google spidering is so much better. I they mean, got all again, you know what? Easily. I think that people that sit, talk about like Google having 60, 70% market share or whatever those numbers are, I think Google is deliberately, because they're afraid of anti monopolistic and antitrust lawsuits and all that kind of stuff, I think they're suppressing their numbers. I think they have much, much higher numbers than that. I think every webmaster you ask will tell you that Google is a much, much bigger search engine than any claims that you see. And we think that it's oh, all programmers know Google. And it must be those home users that are somehow using MSN. Nobody's using MSN to, to search. Come on. 
Nobody's using well, Bing. Well, there are some Jason peculiarities to the programming audience for sure. I don't, I don't know if this is actually one of them. I, I don't yeah. think it is. I, I just think that, 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 that if you talk to webmasters, most of them will tell you that Google has much, much higher market share than any published numbers that you ever see. And they are deliberately playing that down, and they never want to announce it in their press releases, and they just don't want people to really know this because of the fear that if they appear to have a monopoly, they'll have to start behaving themselves. Yeah. I mean, I, the parallels I want to draw between Google and Microsoft are I think Google is way more dominant in search than Microsoft, I think, ever was in operating systems. Um, but the cost of switching is very low, though. That's the counter argument as well. You could just type bing.com. But, but because you wouldn't find results. Well, that's so my point. Is high. Well, that, that's my point because yeah. the spidering isn't there, at least from our accounts. There's just not there. I've, I've heard a lot of people say the co- there's no cost of switching. You, everybody could just switch to it. That I don't. I don't really buy that argument. There are billions and billions of people that are used to going to Google, and the cost of switching for any one of them is fairly simple. But the cost of switching for all of them is unheard of, and there's an entire industry built around advertising on Google, on Google AdWords and AdSense and so forth, that is deeply entrenched, and they've built tools and systems and processes, and they've hired employees based on Google being what it is now and where they are now. And the cost of switching that whole infrastructure to something else is just as high as the cost of switching anything else. It's true for an individual. It's easier for you to change your search engine than it would be for you to change your operating system a little bit, right? Because you'd have to go find that dialog box and stuff. That's allegedly very easy. But then again, it's not that hard to just buy a Mac for your next computer either. So I don't know that the cost of switching argument really holds. There's, there's, there's a lot of ingrained stuff that, 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 has, that's, that, that has made us get glued onto Google um, and locked into it in, in various ways. It's all... Very Google, to be clear, Google is by far the best spider. They're the smartest spider. They're the, I mean, they do everything right. Yeah, they, give they also you the have the best tools. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, they're so far ahead. But I we mean, didn't answer this question, this guy's question. Oh, we didn't? Yeah. Okay, let's go back well, to the question. Well, Sorry. the question was like, basically, what if you have a little startup and you do something, you just don't have any resources because you're a little startup, you know, you're doing this in your spare time. And then some big guy, it doesn't have to be Google, but some big player that has more resources. It doesn't even have to be somebody that you've ever heard of. They just have to have like money and fame and success and engineers. And they throw six, 16 engineers or 160 engineers on this thing, and they take all their VC and they make their thing free. And, and you just can't compete against them because they, they have everything going for them all of a sudden. Um, and maybe they stole your idea or maybe this is just an idea that everybody's having. So don't, don't kid yourself that they stole your idea, that anybody cares about you and your dumb little idea. You know, maybe this is just a thing that's, that's just kind of obvious to a lot of people and they're all doing it. So, uh, um, so what's the, I mean, what do you do in that situation? I think you, you might just lose. There, there are going to be situations where, um, you, you, you just lose. I mean, you've got two possibilities. One is you could try very, very hard. And this is, you know, if you're dedicated to being in this particular business, you can try very hard to find some differentiator that will give you a niche that you can get a toehold. So if, there's, if you can find one thing that you offer that nobody else has, and if you remember Internet Explorer 1.0, it was the marquee tag in Internet Explorer 1.0. <laughs> uh, they did not ship that thing, knowing that they had an inferior browser in every possible dimension to Netscape and that they had no possible hope of ever winning. They tried to find at least one thing that they could do that would give them one tiny advantage over the obvious mainstream competition so that somewhere in the world there would be five people that wanted this browser. Marquee Tag is a particularly pathetic example. But uh, I'll give you some more realistic examples. Let's say that you made a word processor and you've got to compete against Word. You know, friggin' impossible. You're not going to be able to do it. On the other hand, on the other hand, if you made a word processor that was just amazing at resumes, then at least you could sell it to people that had to make resumes. Whatever that means. Well, I think, too, you've hit on something where if it's an idea that's that common, yep. there's so much competition, I think you're kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time. I mean, people, yeah. uh, I've often wondered, you know, certain real estate markets are really hot, but if you went back in time, it wasn't clear that this was going to be a hot area. There's certain people had a vision about what was going to happen. So maybe yeah. you need to go back and think in terms of, yeah. you know, what's the next idea, you know, that's going to be big, but the people aren't really seeing it yet. Yeah. And then and, one thing I've noticed, we, we, we talked to Matt Mullenweg of WordPress, who was very nice to meet with us, and one thing he uh, reminded me of was that I, I get frustrated a lot of times talking to people about Stack Overflow because they have such deep-seated misconceptions about how Q&A is supposed to work and how it should work mm-hmm. that when I tell them, 
you know, no, you don't actually want to have a giant here, type your question in box on the homepage. They, right. You have to like ram it down their throat. Like they don't believe you. They fight you. <laughs> and right. he, br- he, br- he brought up the point, which I hadn't realized, but this is what it is. When you have a good idea, you kind of have to ram it down people's throats. Like they yep. don't get it. Yep. And, and, and it, 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 some of it's kind of subtle, you know, some yep. of it, to be fair, is just little tweaks to the formula. Uh, but people like really don't get it. Like even big companies, um, if they're getting it, I, I, I kind of wonder if you have the right idea. You know, yeah. if you have a really good idea, it should be kind of hard to convince people. Like, who knew YouTube was going to be so huge? Like, right. uploading video on the internet? Well, my friend Elon made a, com- a company and a website that did it. He raised $8 million. They built a, a something that looks exactly like YouTube looks today about five years before YouTube, before too anybody early. had high bandwidth, before yeah, anybody early. even had digital cameras. They had a service where you could mail in your old VHS tapes. And they would digitize them for you. Wow. <laughs> it was a complete flop. So, but what's interesting about YouTube is that everybody, I think that YouTube was right time, right place, because there were, I don't think his was the only one. It was called Earth Noise, if you've ever, if any of you remember that. I don't think you do. It was, I remember when they closed down, they didn't even merit a mention on Fucked Company. But uh, the, uh, there were, I think there were dozens of those upload your video here sites. And one of them just happened to occur right after Adobe made Flash support video in a way that meant that you didn't have to download all kinds of little, you know, you didn't have to deal with the 14 different kinds of video that you might have in different computers and different settings and stuff like that. And suddenly the bandwidth was good enough and, and, and people had digital cameras that could upload and it was just like, uh, it like hit like at the right time. And just basically people were trying this particular business model every single month for decade, for a decade until finally one of them suddenly worked because, you know, the, the environment became right. So, so a lot of times... You timing, know, yeah, timing is everything. is everything, and a lot of times it isn't. Sometimes you just have a better idea, and your idea uh, will work. And, and those ideas that you have to ram down to people's throats are the best ones because they're not going to be copying you for two years, and by the time they're ready to copy you, it's too late. You've already got the critical mass. And so the, and speaking super, of- yeah, the super business is the one where... It's, a, it's an idea that nobody believes because they all think it's the opposite. It's like non-intuitive. What, what, and you have to ram it down to people's throats. And if you have network effects where the more people you have, the more lock-in they have and the less likely a competitor is to beat in, that's the perfect combination if you can have both of those. I agree, totally. And I would say also don't beat yourself up because I think a lot of you know, entrepreneurship, with the air quotes, mm-hmm. is just really trying a whole bunch of stuff, honestly. Having a lot of ideas, some of them will be good. Some of them might happen at the right time. It's yep. just—it's kind of a guessing game, honestly. I think a lot yeah. of the people, and you know, Joel's been meeting with these people that that were very, very successful. And even after meeting with those people, some of them, I really walked away. Well, I guess I shouldn't—I can't say anything specific, but just it's being in the right time at the right place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if you're super smart, yeah. you're doing all the right things, you still got to be lucky enough to be the guy at the place at the time. Right. Right, and that and means that you probably just have happens. to plan to try five or six of these ideas. Yes. Like just work on the yes. assumption that you're going to have multiple. I mean, even Fog Creek had several products before we hit upon the one that worked. Um, and uh, um, uh, you just have to assume that you're going to keep trying stuff, and some of it's going to work and some of it's not. And if some of it doesn't work because somebody else gets into that business, maybe that was uh, an idea that you didn't have enough of a distinguishing feature or if, 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 you're, if your idea, once again, you have to be able to, it has to be the kind of thing where everybody else is doing something different and your idea seems wrong. And so people ignore it for, for two years. People have to ignore you for two years because they just think what you're doing is obviously wrong. And well, let me also you have talk some about, reason to know why it's right. So I, I watched a video of this internet marketing conference from 1994 as research for one of our meetings. <laughs> And yeah. it was hilarious. Yeah, they were one. using an overhead projector, like with the, <laughs> with the those clear plastic paper. Sheets. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. And it was funny because all the stuff they talked about did come true. Uh-huh. Everything they talked about absolutely came true. But it was a question of when. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, all the stuff they're like, like oh, we, I mean, it was hilarious. Like, we think TCPIP will be the standard in enterprise networking very soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's a little bit. Oh, it's hilarious. And like there was a certain adoption of 14.4 modems where at like $100. <laughs> right, 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 right. But you know what? I, uh, I, you, you, should, you should send me a link to that. I want to watch it. it it's but hilarious. You can't, you can't put it as there, there are subtle reasons why that can't be in the show notes for a few months. Okay. <laughs> for subtle reasons. But uh, uh, I, I, I want to watch it. 
what? That I remember an internet conference in 1994 where somebody stood up and said, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I was there. I think I just read a report about this. Somebody stood up and said, the amazing thing about the internet is that when you have normal advertising and you're advertising Coke, the person can't buy a Coke. But on the internet, when you have advertising for Coke, the person can buy a Coke. And that's I thought, you know, that's, you via UPS. Yeah, that's not right. <laughs> that's not right at all. That's unbelievably not true, actually. That is untrue. That is not the amazing thing about the internet. Wrong. Yes. I wish I knew who had said that. If anybody remembers that, it was like Wired Magazine, 1993 or four or something like that. Uh, the other thing I, I want to point out is, gosh, a lot of these, these I, having ideas and building a business stuff, is, it, it takes a long, long time. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a marathon. I mean, the number of people who have just had the right idea and got lucky their first time is vanishingly small. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you kind of won the lottery at that point. Woohoo! Yeah. All right. That's the end of this episode. Okay. Anything else? No, I think that's it. Just our normal. You've been listening to the Stack Overflow podcast, episode 85. (sighs) Wow. Yeah, 85. If you have any questions for a future podcast, please record them in MP3 or Agvorbis form. Uh-oh, my computer's going off. Ah! And send them to podcast at stackoverflow.com or email the podcast or call the podcast Stack Overflow hotline, which is a phone number you can call and leave your message. And that's a good way to do it. 646-826-3879 is a wiki in which volunteers around the world transcribe the interesting parts of this podcast for the benefits of the hearing impaired That will be linked to from the show notes page, show notes page at blog.stackoflow.com. See you next week. See you next week. You've been listening to Stack Overflow with Jeff Atwood and Joel Spolsky. The Conversations Network is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we need your help. For a tax-deductible donation of as little as $5 per month, you can support this channel and the rest of the Conversations Network. So please visit conversationsnetwork.org to become a member and help us continue to bring our programs to the world for free. Our audio files are delivered by Limelight Networks, the high-performance content delivery network for digital media. The post-production audio engineer for this program was Joel Spolsky. Our website editor was Jeff Atwood. The series producer is... Joel Spolsky. This is Phil Windley. I hope you'll join me next time for another great presentation from Stack Overflow here on IT Conversations.